This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome to the Finding Holy Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hales, and here at the Finding Holy Podcast, we want to help you connect the dots between the things that really matter in your everyday holy life. So this is a podcast for you if you long for a life that feels spacious, but you're stuck with dishes and laundry and a to-do list a mile long. This is a podcast for you if you long to integrate what you know with who you are and how you live. And this is a podcast for you if you need a gentle invitation into the ways of Jesus right in the middle of your actual life. So here on the podcast, you'll join authors, pastors, artists, and activists to hear how they connect the big things of life into the ordinary habit of their days. And to help you on your journey, you'll also get one small step at the end of each episode to take with you into your week. And you'll get to hear their laundry routines because all these big things matter. But so does the laundry. We have a special series for the month of March all about Lenten practices with my friend and author Lori Ferguson Wilbert. Lori is a writer, thinker, learner, and author of Handle with Care. She writes for She Reads Truth, Christianity Today, Lifeway, and more, as well as on her own site, sayable.net. You can find her on social media at Lori Wilbert. She has a husband named Nate, a puppy named Harper Nell, and too many books to read in one lifetime. This is our conversation about rhythms of fasting and feasting. Join us. Well, this is such a special, fun, reflective series on Lent and what does it look like to be a body? How do we gravitate towards this season of the church calendar? Um, And so we've brought back our friend Lori Ferguson Wilbert, author of the book Handle with Care, to talk about week two, fasting and feasting. So thank you so much, Lori, for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Yeah. So as we talk about the idea of fasting and feasting, you know, Lent is a time, right, of preparation for the season of Easter. Um, typically, people will fast from things, bodily things, things like sugar or alcohol or chocolate and meats uh, the, the church has done to try to almost like get our bodies in the place of our spirits so that we're not kind of, for me anyway, I feel like it's a helpful practice so that we're not surprised by Easter, that we don't take the resurrection for granted, you know, that there's a sense of repentance and mm-hmm. um, and slowing down, right, to notice, like we talked about last week, that we, we're bodies, that we're creatures, that we are not in charge of very much. Um, so as we talk about fasting and feasting, I'd love to think about it like we talked last week about there's both a sense of denial of the body and care of the body, but those two things are important to have together. It's not simply asceticism or license. So what would you say about why we need both this kind of fasting practice in our lives and this feasting practice in our lives? If we look at the garden that God placed his first children in, mm-hmm. uh, we see a God who had uh, pleasure, joy, um, 
I mean, just beauty. He had the full feast for his kids mm-hmm. there. And then he had one thing that he, he asked them to deny themselves and, and submit and obey to him, obey him in, in, in um, avoiding the tree. Mm. And so I think that's the base space that we find a, a healthy rhythm of fasting and feasting is part of being a Christian. Mm-hmm. It's God's design for the Christian. Mm-hmm. And then I think as we read through um, God's laws, we see these rhythms again. We see these moments of feasting. We see these moments of fasting. And, and God is weaving these um, rhythms into the lives of his children all through scripture. And then obviously we get to the New Testament and, um, and there's so much more and it's not something, it isn't one of those things where, you know, Jesus has come and he's done away with, with fasting or feasting. In fact, our weight for Jesus right now is in a sense, we are Mm -hmm. fasting from our groom and, um, and awaiting the final feast yeah together supper of the lamb yeah. so Woo. It's, it's woven all through scripture mm. um and so i don't think that we as christians who are trying to live faithful lives can um say one or the other isn't part of the christian life mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i love that and you know when i was struck when you were talking about the garden and you know, that there was so much, there was so much feasting, right, as what it looked like to be in the presence of God and relationship with one another that was not marred by sin. Um, And yeah, there was a very, in some ways, a very small boundary line of what to say no to. Um, And it, it just struck me a little bit about Today, we we similarly, because of sin, um, but maybe it's something kind of in our cultural water now too, where the idea of fasting from anything we've kind of said is, is morally reprobate. Like, how could you deny yourself um, that you deserve to be happy? Uh, and so we kind of have this sort of sense, maybe it's American too, that that what the good life looks like is going from feast to feast. Uh, Tish Harrison Warren, and I remember an op-ed at, at Advent, said something about like the American calendar rather than the church calendar is, you know, from saccharine holiday to saccharine holiday, you know, from um, high to high to high. And so what do we need to recover, do you think, as, as Christians about, yes, feasting is important, um, but it is not we need that that rhythm of fasting too. What does fasting show us? I think as much as we are sort of in this culture of feasting, we are also we also live in a culture of fasting. Mm-hmm. But we are fasting not with an eye toward um, God and uh, sanctification and spiritual formation. We fast. Um, we deny ourselves things that sort of try to shape our bodies into right or we deny ourselves the pleasure of uh rest mm-hmm. joy mm-hmm. Um, so we are fasting we are fasting almost from the wrong things right uh, with a wrong eye right uh, and so it's i think it's still happening it's just right. not happening with, yeah. with yeah. an eye toward um toward our king yeah so and, how do we fast towards the right things yeah, I think that is, and we talked about this last week, we talked about sort of submission to the bodies God gave us. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I would say 
I would say taking a good, long, hard look at the components of our day. And what are the things that we are, that might be permissible for other people um, and beneficial for other people, but perhaps they're not because of the body God's given us today. Mm -hmm. Do you have any examples, like personally, what that looks like for you? Yeah. Generally Um, or in a Lenten season? Yeah, I'll share a really practical example, actually, from, so we're recording this on on Ash Wednesday, um, and uh, my husband and I have been talking about um, putting away, put it, like picking up the TV and putting it in a closet for the next 40 days, and mm-hmm. that being one of our, our sort of joint Lenten fast, is mm-hmm. doing, we just do sort of something personally as well, and I've been in a season of... Um, just to be really candid, just a season of some anxiety mm-hmm. that is, it's going to need more than just, you know, think happy thoughts. To get <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we're, we are, you know, going through some avenues to try and to, to, to work on that and fix that perhaps with medicine um, and some therapy and some things like that. Um, it's a very specific anxiety related to a very specific thing. Um, and so what I'm saying is I get to the evenings and my brain is so taut and tight and wound up. Um, and I'm doing beautiful things. I get to record podcasts like mm-hmm. and write and um, I have a dream job in a lot of ways, but uh, my brain is so wired um, that in the evenings I feel like I just need to be able to turn on you know, the great right. way of baking show and just like <laughs> zone uh, out. Yeah. Yeah. Disengage my mind for, yeah, for yeah, time. Yeah. And so I think, so we're, you know, it's a conversation that's ongoing for us today. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, so we've talked about doing this. What are some ways that we can acknowledge Lori's body right now and her propensity towards some anxieties that are kind of unhealthy? Mm-hmm. We can care for her body in a way that is, um, caring for the specific body that she has and not the body that she wants to have. So the mm. body that I want to have is not tightly wound by the end of the day and can unwind with some candles and poetry and right. good conversation. Um, but the body I do have right now is in a time where mm-hmm. um, that is not a good space for me to unwind. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's more space for me to. And I think there's, I mean, there's so many layers where I'm talking about this in two minutes. So there's so much right. underneath that, right. that, you know, we've thought about and we're yeah. going to think about. But, but I think yeah. what you're saying too is that, you know, shaming ourselves for mm-hmm. our needs is not the way forward, right? Yeah. That, that is not how we fast towards God, right? We're, right? we're shaming ourselves for our anxiety or, you know, that we, that we're needing, like even just think, our yeah. desires for the thing. I think that's where, when I, when I say our world is still fasting in many ways, we are fasting because we're uncomfortable with some reality, Right. Uh, so we're uncomfortable with our bodies. And so we're sort of not eating, we're starving ourselves, or we're uncomfortable with our bank account. And so we're working constantly and not resting or we're whatever, whatever it is, we're mm-hmm. fasting simply because we're just uncomfortable with the reality of being a created being yeah. and not fasting with an eye toward God and yeah. his goodness and faithfulness. So I think it's, we could be giving up the same thing today that we were quote giving up last week or in you know 10 weeks but with a different perspective on it a different mm-hmm. 
driving force behind it. We'll be back in just a minute with the rest of our interview. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, Bow offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. Here's the rest of my conversation with Lori about fasting and feasting. I think it's really fascinating too, because I think there's ways in which we we need to shift our bodily practices, right? So that our hearts can kind of get in the right space. But it's it's also, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, if you you know, if you look at a woman lustfully, right, you've committed adultery in your heart. And so it is always the heart that he's concerned about. Um, but I think it's important for us to hold those two things in tandem, that it's not just our motivation or something, or that if our motivations aren't pure, because they never are, like that therefore the bodily practice doesn't matter, you know, that we, we are, we are whole people. Um, yeah, I think, I think, and not to push back on that idea of him, like mostly caring about our hearts. I don't, I think if God mostly cared about our hearts, he would have created us, to be spirits with emotions. Right. Yeah. No, I, yeah. He really cares about our bodies. Right. And he I does. Think- yeah. I think, I think I'm, what I was trying to say is he cares about, it's not simply following, you know, the yes. letter of yeah. the law, but rather the yeah, he's not intention and motivation, you know, yeah. of, um, and that we can't separate out our body, you know, can't, we can't separate out our heart and our brain and our bodies. Like we are people. And unfortunately I think in our Western society, we have, We've segmented the self into all of these things. Exactly. And so we don't know how to be whole people. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the thing where I'm like, man, I want to I wanna remember that my heart is just as important as my body and my yeah. mind is just as important as my spirit. Right. And to not give... Um, Pride like of place. Dis- to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because I think that, I mean, if we look out at our world today, we are just seeing the effects of compartmentalized bodies and hearts and spirits and the confusion that happens when we Mm -hmm. compartmentalize those Mm -hmm. things, when we forget that we have a soul. And so our body becomes all that we care about or Mm -hmm. we forget that we have a heart. And so our, our spirit is just not cared for and cultivated. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, to become a whole person is the work of the Christian. And I think fasting and feasting is a way of, um, sort of denying and um, taking part in that joining together of the complexity mm-hmm. of the whole person. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, what, you know, obviously when we talk about fasting and feasting, 
there's most of the time that has to do with food. So what do, mm-hmm. where do you think, um, you know, this, this idea of, of food, right? Of feeding our bodies, feeding other people, of Jesus feeding us in the Lord's Supper. How does that all kind of fit together? I think if we look at sort of the times in which Jesus was living, things like uh, sugar and dairy and <laughs> bread, they just weren't gluten, like, right? Yeah, yeah. Like sort of the 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 things that we are just a part of our everyday lives today were not as much of a consideration. Now, granted, there was you know a sense in which they were giving up the things that were pleasurable to them. They're just different pleasurable things to us. But I think we also live in a culture right now where we are very, very, very diet driven. So we're thinking about Whole30, we're thinking about keto, we're thinking about all these sort of denial of food. And so I guess my my challenge to the Christian today is um, what is the thing you think you can't live without? Mm. Um, Because it's going to be different than what it was in the times of Jesus. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. Or what? What are you going to for like ultimate comfort? Yeah, and maybe that's not food. Maybe that's um, you know little red bubbles on your iPhone. Maybe that's um, applause and accolades from others. Maybe that is uh, like I'm considering right now just the the pleasure of numbing out to the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so yeah, like what. What are the things that we're running to mm-hmm. for pleasure, comfort, um, the things we think we can't live without? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And identity too, right? I think mm-hmm. um, sometimes, you know, our lack of food, the way, just the whole diet culture, right, too, I think we've, because our souls are pretty anemic culturally, yeah. we we tend to view kind of diet culture as the new form of holiness, new you know, spirituality, like this is how I get holy is by you know, following these food rules. Um, yeah. Eating clean. Yep. All those things. Yeah. yeah like the language of it is yeah. religious language. It's absolutely, it's moralistic. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I think, I mean, even just, you know, as you might be listening to this podcast, just to say, okay, what, how have I used food, right? As my ultimate source of identity to see if I'm clean and accepted, you know, or how have I used the TV or, you know, um, checking my email every two seconds, right? To fill some of that. I think too, like let's watch our language in these 40 days around how we talk about what we're fasting from. So I think it's really easy to say things like, I hear people say things like, oh, I was really good today or right. I was really bad today. And those might seem really simple phrases, but those are saying something. Right. Those are, those are identifying ourselves as something that is, that is theological and mm-hmm. Um, and we know as Christians, our goodness comes from being created by God and being called good by God, but also it comes from the righteousness of Christ. Right. And our badness has nothing to do with whether we ate a candy bar or right. snuck the bachelor, you know. Right. Like that doesn't, those are not sort of moral, they, they don't make us morally good or morally bad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. So watching yeah. the language around that this month. That's a good... That's a good, that's a good word. Let's talk just briefly in our last few minutes here about feasting. If we're thinking about how do we fast towards God, right? That it's not just simply a way to kind of clean ourselves up or um, to do it in a kind of um, self-satisfying way. How do we, how do we feast too towards God? 
I think God created us with five senses, and I love that because it means that if I'm denying a sensual experience, um, sort of, if I'm denying, let's let's use sugar for example, mm-hmm. taste, mm-hmm. Um, the, the sort of the pleasure that we get from that. That's only one of my senses. I still have four other senses that can be delighted mm. and um, delighted in. And so I, I think a helpful question for me is um, what's going to delight my eyes in this moment? What's going to delight my hands? What's going to delight my ears? And to run toward those things and not in a um, uh, super indulgent, but kind of indulgent way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know that looking at, um, hearing a great piece of music um, is just going to delight my senses in a way that eating a piece of chocolate is just not. Mm-hmm. It's never going to going to delight me in the same way. And so, running toward those things um, and feasting on them in in helpful, holy ways, I think, is a good mm-hmm. example of what a feast. But I also think, let's be honest. I don't think there's anything wrong with, and this is, I think, a, a journey that we all have to kind of take. There's nothing inherently wrong with enjoying a decadent chocolate cake. Right. Um, and so what does it mean once a week even to right. partake, participate in, in yeah. pausing that fast yeah. and enjoying that piece of chocolate cake? Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah, I remember watching the Netflix special with Samin Nasrat. Uh, what is it? Salt, fasted. Yeah, yeah. Salt, what is that? fat, acid, heat. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember watching her eat and going, she, "I have never seen a woman eat like that." And it, there she was enjoyed food. Yes, and I think that I don't know. Like maybe not everyone kind of struggles with that, but like it's really hard for me to, you know, when you're talking about this indulging in the chocolate mm-hmm. cake, right? It, I think there's, even when we are permitted good things, you know, we've, let's say you give up the sugar, you know, and then on Sunday, it's your feast day. There is this sense, I think often that we feel like we are unworthy to feast. Yeah. We feel guilty for feasting, but there's and I think that's wrong in it, in pleasure. Exactly. And I think that goes back to what I was saying just a few minutes ago, just about feeling like our morality is tied to what we put in our mouths. Mm. Um, it's not. Uh, we are not made clean. We are not good because of what we eat or don't mm-hmm. eat. Mm-hmm. And so that's just, and that I think that changes what we're feasting our eyes on during the rest of the year as well. So are we feasting our eyes on recipe blogs and Instagram accounts that are, that are, proclaiming those things like being good or right before and afters or just sort you know what i'm saying just yeah. like what are we feasting on during the rest of the year mm-hmm. um, that's cultivating that idea of morality around mm-hmm. food or, or around fasting or around feasting. right so maybe just to conclude what might be like one practice that we might do uh to feast towards god you know how do we include god in our pleasure in our delight um especially as you know those sunday days in lent are supposed to be feast days right where we um celebrate kind of preemptively the the resurrection i think a really helpful thing for me is i think i think when we're fasting all we can think about is that like one thing that will satiate you know i just want to you know a, a a chocolate chip during this time, or I just want to watch that one show I'm missing right now. Um, And so that's what I'm going to gravitate toward on my feast day. But what would it mean instead 
for me to um, deny myself the chocolate chip, deny myself the you know weekly show that I love, deny myself you know a scroll through Instagram, and actually go to the thing that those things are pointing to in a greater mm. way. Mm. So watching a really great film instead mm-hmm. on mm. Sunday mm-hmm. or eating that really decadent chocolate cake mm. on Sunday or um, figuring out what it is about having a, about Instagram that fills that, you know, scratches that itch for you and go have a really great experience. Right. Like experience the fullness of the thing that you've been denying yourself instead of sort of experiencing the, the tiny bit of the, you know, the crumb. Right. Of right, it. right. Oh, I love that. That's so good. And yeah, that is so helpful to think about, you know, all of our desires are pointing right ultimately mm-hmm. towards Christ. Um, yeah. I mean, ultimately he satisfies all of our desires and yet he's created us with bodies in an embodied mm-hmm. world um, that all point all of these experiences of delight point to our good God. Um, if you if you guys haven't seen Babette's feast, oh, so I recommend making that a part of your Lenten feast. Oh, I love that! Um, what yeah. a good idea! Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you, Lori. It's been such a good conversation. Thanks. Yeah. Friends, I know that times feel a little bit scary right now. If you're listening in real time with news of the coronavirus spreading around the world, but I want you to know that God is on the throne and we can do small things with great love. We can pay attention to our bodies. We can still fast. We can still feast and we can hold the hope of resurrection in our bodies, even as we lament, bring your fears to God, friends. And I hope that this episode is just one way in which you are present with your people, with your place, and with God and yourself. So I hope you have some little nuggets, some things to try. And I want to leave you with one small step to take into your everyday holy life that will help you kind of work out some of these big ideas as we connect the dots. And today it's this. I would love for you to practice just this week one thing to fast from and one thing to feast towards. And so fasting might be like, I've just recently decided I'm not going to check my email until after I read my Bible. Um, I'm going to fast from this desire to be always available and to, to feel like, oh, if I get emails, then I'm important or something. So choose maybe a little guardrail of time or an event or something that you can fast from. You might want to, of course, do a longer fast during Lent, you know, that you're fasting from TV or you're fasting from mindless scrolling on your phone. You might be fasting from alcohol or chocolate. You might be fasting from gossip. Of course, we can't do any of these things perfectly, and that will lead us into our conversation that we're going to have next week on repentance. But choose one thing to fast from and choose one thing to feast towards. And I love how Lori said we have we want to actually feast on the best version of that thing, not simply like mindlessly watching something on Netflix because we're tired and overwhelmed, but instead to watch 
the most beautiful thing or to eat something that is truly good. And a quick little announcement, if you are listening in real time when this comes out around March 12th is my book, Finding Holy in the Suburbs, is on sale on Amazon on the ebook for $3.99. So you can fast from your Starbucks sugary drink and buy my book instead. (laughs) We'll be back next week with another episode of the Finding Holy podcast. Join in in the conversation by tagging me on social media at AA Hales. We'd love it if you shared the podcast. It's a way for people to hear about us and to begin this conversation together of an integrated, whole, seamless, beautiful life. So friends, whether you find yourself fasting or feasting, whether you find yourself crippled with anxiety, worried about the headlines and the news, or really present with your people in your place, know that your identity does not revolve around all of your circumstances. Your food doesn't make you holy because all of these big things matter, but so does the laundry. This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.